0: All right, roll them. Hello, everybody. It's that time. It's independently wealthy. I'm your host, Chris Welty, coming to you live from the Weltdown Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Sitting next to me in the Zoom, in his room with the pull up bar in the <laughs> old studios in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, my sidekick, producer Steve. What is up, buddy?
1: I feel like the pull-up bar is like our new Asian kid eating a sandwich.
0: Oh, yes, yes. The, I for, oh, I miss that kid. Um, Lovey's <laughs> Bread, sponsor. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, Steven, let me get into our guest here today. We'll get right into it. I am very, very excited to have her on. Uh, I am a big fan. Uh, love her. She's great. Uh, she's an author. She's a comedian. She, uh, she's done it all. Podcast hosts. We, <laughs> we could name everything. Blogger, tweeter.
1: Uh, you've got some tweets go viral. She's got years of, of credentials here. Are you going to go through all of them, Christopher? Sarah Benincasa,
0: how are you doing?
2: <laughs> Hi, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. I was so happy that you asked me to do this. This uh, is awesome.
0: It's It's great to have you. Uh, you might be our
1: first guest who was ever excited to be on this show. <laughs>
0: Oh, come on, that's not She's, true. Wow, well, I guess You're, the quarantine's really getting to you. Your dad was thrilled to be on the
1: show, Steve. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. true. He is our he is our biggest fan, and my biggest fan in life.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, my mom is like she keeps tracking my stuff online more than I do. I had to like tell her to simmer down the other day. I was like, "Hey, please, when I'm interviewing my friend." on Instagram live. Like when I'm fucking interviewing Adam Pally on Instagram live, <laughs> yeah. don't jump in and be like, does he have a brother? That's gross. Like he's um, yeah. literally quarantined with his wife and kids right now. You weirdo. So, you know, sometimes the moms and dads get a little too excited, but it's really nice when they give a shit. Right.
0: Well, it's yeah. fun. Uh, I, I mean, Steve's dad will actually message me stuff and like, cause he listens. Don't, so don't you think but, we've spent
1: that. our whole lives trying to garner our parents affections and approval?
2: Yeah. And then for me, it's like to build appropriate walls that are permeable, like boundaries that are appropriate and not um, not me being mean, which is what I used to do to my mom, just to try oh, and yeah. get, you know, that was my like childlike instinct to just yell to get her to back off but also not trying to have this deeply enmeshed relationship where she's my bff because that's not what i want and that's not accurate either like i want a mom um and i want to be a daughter so yeah it's it's a really interesting it's a weird dance man i thought it would be done by the time i was 39 but it is not done (laughs)
1: you and i are kindred spirits i just learned Uh, about creating boundaries with my parents as well in therapy are you italian your last I name am. Is yeah, it is. Yeah, Why do you I'm, ask? Oh, yeah, I, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> is
0: it Lambiasi or Labiae? What is it? How do you well, say no, your last name? No
1: Labia's in my name. Uh, what? it's Lambiasi. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris, what's your last name?
2: I'm sorry. Uh, I'm totally.
0: It's Swiss German. No,
2: no. I mean, I mean, like, what is, I know it's wealthy. Sorry. I didn't ask <laughs> that. <laughs> Who's this? Who show is this? I'm
0: sorry. I'm out of it. Yeah. What it's independently Swiss German. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: that makes sense. You're a Wisco boy, right? You're from Wisconsin.
1: From
0: Florida, but my dad's from up. Wisconsin. Oh, and I thought Wisco I boy there. was a real thing, but I I pretend to be. I lie that I'm from uh, that I'm not from Florida, and I tell everybody I'm from Wisconsin.
2: Well, that would make uh, sense because Swiss German. There are a lot of Germans and Swiss and Swiss German combos in Wisconsin, so yes, yes. that makes sense that that's where Dad's people are from. But being There's- raised. What a culture shock being raised in
0: you said you said something. That, uh, so you're mean to your I'm terribly mean to my mother, and it's so like not not mean, but like I get a I get annoyed very easily, and to where I think it comes off as mean, and uh, and there's no reason for it like.
1: It's really weird to be know. the aggressor as a boy to your mom because that toxic I, I to male
0: energy is just too much for a mom
1: it, to handle. Fighting it's with not your, even fist fighting that. with your dad in the front yard is totally different. Yeah, I
2: tried no, to I, fist fight my dad once and he ah. wasn't down. I was, eight, <laughs> Which is great. Shout out to John. I was 18 and I was real mad at him and he was real mad at me and I took a swing at him, which is like wild because I wasn't even drinking then. Uh, but it was, you know, my dad's side is Irish and that is that is a sacred... um Irish tradition that the son beats the shit out of the dad at some point oh, and God. I my brother never did it so I just did it and I tried to it didn't work oh yeah it was bigger you know <laughs> he had a few few inches on me like you got to punch your weight and uh, I got in <laughs> trouble though which was appropriate and um, oh, yeah, uh, my mom's side is Italian so I used my mom's side's name they're still married and everything I just when I started doing I, I used to do stand-up rather frequently and I was in grad school in New York at the time to be an educator. So I was teaching in the South Bronx. No, not the South Bronx. I was at the Bronx High School of Science, uh, which is not the South Bronx. But um, so I was teaching up there and I didn't want my students to be able to do a Google or find me on social media and seeing that Miss Donnelly, which is my, my last name, Sarah Donnelly. No. Miss um, Donnelly was doing like jokes at fucking Rafifi at three in the morning, <laughs> with like punk burlesque whores. Um, much like myself. I'm including myself in the punk or region. And so I started using my mom's Sicilian. Name.
0: Smart. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid I started this new job at Big Chip, a big chip corporation. And I'm afraid when all my terrible podcast episodes get out there and, and uh, stand up videos that I, you know, I might lose my job. I mean, that's completely different.
2: That's... No, but I understand that you <laughs> want to adhere to corporate standards and practices, yeah. I have a day job working at a nonprofit now. And when I got hired, um, I was like, I'm, let's work out how this is, they're hiring, you're hiring me because I have experience in comedy because I've adapted, I've written books, I've adapted a couple of scripts. Like I am very online. You're hiring me for that because you want to jazz up this marketing and stuff. And that's cool you're and because i'm a digital native which is the term that they use in digital marketing which sounds weird and i was like I but,
0: heard that. what is that
2: digital it
1: sounds native slightly, just sounds slightly
2: racist yeah, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a racist. A digital indian look like so, yeah like
2: ooh, it's a little bit so but i said so you want the skill set that comes with being in the entertainment world and and writing jokes and things like that but at the same time you don't want the recipe you don't want my Rampant liberal slash progressive politics. You don't want me cursing. You don't want that. I know that. So let's figure this out. And so that's why I never like name the company publicly. I never identify as an employee publicly because it wouldn't help them and it wouldn't help me.
1: Well, Uh, my feeling is that Chris will have this job forever because uh, he's really good at conforming. You know, he likes to (laughs) pretend to be a bad boy, but he stayed in that terrible moving job for years and years. He loves to be complacent. If he's just getting by, he'll just. He'll hang My in best there. Trait.
0: I'm complacent.
1: <laughs> <I can't remember. laughs> yeah, you love it. You look. You're already
0: complacent. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but speaking of which, this by the way, you know, um, Wealthy told me a little bit about you and that you have several books and one of them, um, is called "Real Artists Have Day Jobs" and other things they don't mm-hmm. teach you in school, which I find fascinating. By the way, um, Chris is actually reading it. He just fucking told me, which is amazing. I, Chris doesn't even
0: read. Hey, I, I, I started happy. reading your book. Thank
2: you. You don't have to finish. I appreciate it. I wrote it in with very short chapters so that people could read it on the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that on purpose. Nice. It's a toilet book. It's like an Uncle John's reader. So um, I guess
1: guess my question to you about this then is, um, so this title actually speaks to me immediately. I got excited about it because so me personally, I'm a filmmaker, uh, but my day job is editing commercials, which is like the devil's work. So, you know, I'm an artist, but I have a day job. It's what pays my bills. And then I do all the fun, cool shit, you know, for free or outside of that stuff. And I think it's pretty valuable. And I think to your point, even in the title of this book, they don't teach you that in school. If you get an art degree, they're not like you're going to get a job in art. They're like, good luck, loser. Find a job at a coffee shop while you're, uh, you know, painting like trying to be Picasso or something
2: they're thrilled once they have your tuition money because they are businesses too. Right. So they're like, hell yeah. So if they said, you know, if they, if they sold you the authentic bill of goods, you probably would just find a a job you could stand and make your art. But, and, and that's not a, a huge knock against art school. Some art schools are more sort of realistic about it and there's an incredible value to artistic training. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, but, the re, but, but we, I think, as artists sometimes do a number on each other, and it's because we absorbed this message from the overculture that if you're working at Big Chip, if you're working, um, if you're working editing commercials, if you're working at a nonprofit doing digital marketing, if, if you're a talented filmmaker and you're working, helping in the making of moving pictures that happen to sell things, that you're not a real artist but you are like you're an artist no matter I think artists are born and I think there are people who are like well I'm not artistic um but they actually are it's just they've just never been encouraged and never had the opportunity and and it's just about finding their specific thing that they love but like you can be an artist until the day you die and never make a dime off it and that's okay you just gotta you gotta do it you gotta make your art you don't have to do it every day you don't have to do it every month you just got to
1: you got to do it. And then you're an artist. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very, um, it's, it works for me in a way because I get to practice my craft every day. I do Ooh. a job. I do a day job. that's very similar yeah. to my artist yeah, work.
0: This is your art. Uh, this, but, this but no, but is I you.
1: was going to, but I was going to ask, you know, so Sarah, I'd love to know did you base this title on being a comedian. So, you know, the, your artistry is being a comedian and you have a, a day job to support, your, your comedy, like, you know, Chris, you know, was moving for a long time to support his comedy. It was this really in relation, I haven't read the book. Is this in relation to comedy specifically or just anybody who's an artist?
2: I wanted it to be something that anybody who is an artist who feels shitty or less than about their art, about their money could read and find enjoyable. So a lot of the essays have to do with taking care of yourself. Um, They have to do with, you know, I wrote it. I'm sober now. There's a
0: chapter on teeth. Yeah, there's a
2: chapter on teeth, which (laughs) I, (laughs) my first big thing, it's like some of it's real nitty gritty basic stuff. And I, it's weird. It's wild to me that I wrote this book that is usually categorized as like humor or self help. um, And I wasn't sober at the time. And I don't reread my books when they come out because by the, by that, unless I'm doing the audiobook and then I have to sit with it, which yeah. is intense. <laughs> I don't recommend it, although I love listening to audiobooks. books. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't reread my books after they come out because I've sat with them so much and I've gone through so many edits by that point that I'm fucking sick of it. But I am, <laughs> I wonder what I would think now reading it because I know that there are clues in that book that point to this girl's going to end up in a program and it's going to help her a lot. Um, but yeah, anyway, roundabout way of saying that it's for anybody who's an artist. I was hoping that somebody who has some office job that they might even love and who has kind of always wanted to crochet, but is like, no, I'm not good at that, that they would read it and that yeah. then they would start crocheting.
0: Yeah, I mean, whatever, you know. Your art, Chris. Is, what have you been learning uh, from it? How far well, are you? I, in the I book? actually wanted to ask you a question because you had had mentioned that uh, you you haven't read it. Because, like, how how long ago did you read it? Like five years ago?
2: We had a functional president, so that was exciting at the time. Oh yeah. So like April 2016. So that means that I would have been writing it throughout 2015, and 2015 was a year when I was deeply unhappy, eating a lot, drinking a lot. Back in New York for a year in a dying relationship.
0: So since you wrote that, then like obviously as time goes on, you like think differently. Like as, writing a book like that, that's kind of self helpish and funny. Like you feel differently about a lot of that stuff, or do you feel differently about a lot of that stuff now?
2: Um, or do you
0: know, like
2: I'm gonna look at the chapter you- titles right now. Actually, I'm gonna look it up um, <laughs> and see how I feel about that. Let's see. All right. I know you're an artist,
1: by the way, because you have this self hate of your work that most artists get (laughs) after working on their shit for so long. (laughs) Like, ah, like I,
2: you know, this book is the most authentic book of the ones that I've read. The title's
0: amazing. It really is a great, like, I like it though, because, like, I was looking at your books and I'm like, I like this one because it sounds like a country song. So, yeah, well,
2: it's, a, it's like a Wayland song.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, Chris. I, I don't know if Fo Agora Fabulous Dispatches from My Bedroom really would fit you. Uh,
2: <laughs> my, oh, that might be a hip hop song.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's drop
2: the remix, yo. Oh, okay. So, I think I'm looking at it. Um, and I, lo- I love this book. It's not a perfect book. There's things I would do differently 100%. It would be insane. I was on a panel once with this dude who, somebody in the audience said, asked, you know, do you ever wish you could do anything differently in your books? And I go, oh, yeah, I, I would. Absolutely. There's chapters I wish I could rewrite from each book I've written. And the guy was like, oh, God, what? No. Once it's done, it's done. I was like, fuck you. Um, yeah, I would, you know what? I would stand by a lot of these things, uh, if not all of them. A vagina is not a time machine. That's a great chapter title. Good job, Sarah. <laughs> Always say hello to older people because they are invisible. Ah, that's, that's true. I would maybe pull back on it a little bit.
0: Yeah, especially right now.
1: Yeah, I would You'd be
0: around them. I, yeah. I would
1: love for you to tell explain to me your vagina is not a time machine. Can you just give me a little para, a paraphrase of that?
2: <laughs> Dude, I, was, I wrote some of this book drunk. I don't even remember. Let's see. <laughs> I, my guess is that uh, my guess would be that you cannot fuck yourself back in time or forward in time so that you cannot fix your problems by fucking somebody so you can't fix oh. your problems by fucking an ex who you used to fuck when you guys were dating and you were 18 years old and it was wonderful yeah. you're 45 now stupping <laughs> diane from high school is not going to bring back that joie de vie that you experienced that's my guess that what's that chapter is about but it will not boost, your ego. <laughs> it will, it will boost yeah. your ego for sure and and this and by the way like all ice that I give in the book is very much I always try to start from a place of here's how I fucked up let me share this story in the hopes that Mm -hmm. you don't do it and if you did do it maybe you'll feel less alone because my brand is selfish altruism as I say (laughs) often on my podcast well this isn't normal it's like helping other people makes me feel better and, and they help me in return so it's really you know there are much more sincere ways of saying it like uh, being of service is wonderful for the soul, but I like to call it selfish altruism.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. I like the chapter on the executive board. Like, yes. that's something I really related to, and I've always kind of done. Um, what is it, Chris? Thinking,
1: go ahead and explain uh,
0: it. Just having an executive board in your life of like basically, what is it like? It's like four to five people that you go to with whatever advice mm-hmm. that, you know.
2: I got the idea yeah. from a writer and comedian, Bertrand de Thurston, who has a security council like the United yeah. Nations. And <laughs> this is comprised of people in his life who he's known for a long time, who've known him, who he knows will tell him the truth. And each one of them, he doesn't go to them for anything, but like, you know, when he's gone through the end of relationships, considering big moves, you know, he, he is, um, been without a dad and without a mom for some time. So it's not like he's going to parents or grandparents for yeah. advice, but he's got a sister and he's got certain friends. And so I, I, one thing I like about that too is, is it helps you kind of, um, it helps you be kinder, I think to your friends, because instead of going, why is this friend, not everything to me all the time, you could go, you know what, maybe that friend isn't the person to ask about relationship stuff. Cause they're like an active sex addict. Um, and not like, <laughs> yeah, But they might be great if I am putting a garden in my backyard. They've got the best advice. They know where to find the stuff. Like, so that's a silly example but I think for when it comes to major decisions in our lives sometimes it really helps to have a few friends who we can consult and we know that we will be of service to them as well
1: well I think that's a great point actually because uh, so I've been talking to my therapist about this lately and you have to understand the value that each one of your friends has to your point if someone's a sex addict don't get sex advice from them or relationship (laughs) advice from them you know if someone's you know really good at gardening yeah ask them about gardening but don't ask them about your relationship troubles and I think that's really valuable and I think a lot of people try to treat their friends evenly like I'll ask all 10 of my friends about my relationship problem and you try to get like um, you know you try to composite all of those answers together to get like a, an average answer which seems it's really foolish to do that you know it's like <laughs> but, a
2: focus group it's like uh, you're going into the, the demo it's very kind of marketing related right like all right let me look sometimes well, I have guy friends who I, like let's say I, I like let's say in theory that I have a crush on a gentleman caller and I'm like, what am I going to wear on this <laughs> date with these, this gentleman caller? I have specific hot guy friends who I'll be like, yo, you're in the demo. What's up? What do I wear? <laughs> and I love that. it's great because I'm like, you're a hot, straight, cisgender man. This is what I'm targeting. Now, if, it was, if I was going out with like uh, a lady or like uh, a genderqueer person, I'd be like, where the genderqueer friends got to ask them what's working in the demo right now. Got to really, and it's fucking have ridiculous.
0: A big board I have a
2: big board. And I'm like, board what? Too. Who? Yeah. And this, or like, <laughs> you know, this is silly, but like, all right, let's say that I'm going to go pitch. I'm going to go pitch a TV show, right? Yeah. So I'm probably going to ask my friend Dan Powell, who has made a bunch of TV shows. Uh, I'm going to go, Dan, when you went in and you, you guys pitched, um, astronomy club, uh, which is such a fucking good show. But like, what did you do and how did you, you know, I'm not going to ask him to work for free. Like that's fucked up Um, being like, can I pick your brain? I fucking hate that, but I'm going to go, Dan, what should, well, what do you think I should wear or something basic? And he can go, Sarah? where he'd be like, I don't know where it makes you feel comfortable. <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck you. Um, because men often give the most beautifully simple, correct advice. And I'm like, <laughs> I wanted an essay. I wanted a five paragraph essay about this, but okay. Well, like,
1: yeah, like the, I'd fuck you in that dress.
2: Yeah. Like someone just be like, I'd, I'd buy an outfit. <laughs> in that dress. I'd fuck you in that dress. I'd ask you to marry me in that dress. I'd go through an amicable breakup with great boundaries with you in that dress. Like <laughs> the <funny laughs> situation, but you know, I'm going to go to the person who exhibits best practices if you will who exhibits the best who i admire i'm like who what's your deal and i will i will help them in turn if they need something
1: well you know what's remarkable about yeah. that you just mentioned something that's quite funny You said you would easily talk to, you know, if you're writing a show, you'd easily talk to somebody you know had written one before to get writing advice or pitching a show advice. But people don't do that. People don't do that with their emotions. People, you don't look at somebody emotionally and go, that guy's got his relationship shit together. That guy's got his professional life together. You would just, you know, again, if it's like if I'm making a movie, I would just talk to people who, who have done certain parts of it before. How'd you do this? How'd you do that? I would never ask a friend who didn't know anything about movies to give me advice on that. But people do it with their emotions, and that's, people need to look at it the same way as what the television show pitching idea is. Only talk to people who, have, who know about that, who are knowledgeable and have experience in that thing. You can't just, I wouldn't just ask any old Joe Schmo about advice that I need that doesn't, they would never be able to give me good advice on. So that's a good point that you make.
2: I've th- thank you. I've talked to my friend um, Ingrid Haas, who's a, a writer-director, and she just did a, a short film that came out called Still Wild, which is about, it's a comedy, uh, Barry Rothbart's in it. He's great in it. And it's about going through uh, miscarriage. And we've talked about this publicly. So I don't feel like I'm, I, you know, and it's out there in the public. We've talked about sort of um, how people react. And that's part of her short film actually, is how people react when you tell them like, I'm going through pregnancy loss, I'm going through miscarriage, however you phrase it. Um, and so that has helped me like her her artwork has helped me i mean i went through i experienced a miscarriage when i was 25 and i didn't even know i was pregnant it was super early mm-hmm. so that experience i have come to understand is very different from somebody who's has a stillbirth or is six months along or what have you so like And because people like Ingrid are brave enough to talk about it in their art and to make it funny and interesting. Mm -hmm. um, And because I have friends who've talked about this stuff now, I'm way, I think I'm way more able to like receive that information when a friend tells me and Mm -hmm. ask them, how can I help? How can I be of service? And that's like obviously a dark thing to bring up and a sad thing, but I wouldn't know what the fuck to do if i didn't have people modeling examples of how to talk about this stuff so that's you know it can be your friend it can be through art ingrid is my friend who's an artist so it's both like we can receive these lessons in a lot of helpful ways i think
0: yeah i was gonna say something about the executive board too and just i was gonna tell steven that he's not on it (laughs) oh (laughs) fuck you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was because you had all the uh, uh, you know you have like five or six different people in the book and I'm like which one would say if you if I was gonna put you with one of, at one of them Steven you'd be my straight shooter but you're like I got other people for that position wow um, even though even though I,
1: you, I, <laughs> even though you trust me to host and run your and produce yeah, your entire yeah. podcast
0: um, but Sarah I uh, um, I have I'm like halfway through the book and I've oops, been enjoying. Yeah. And I have read, I've talked about this several times. I've read eight books my entire life. So I'm working on number nine. You should be honored. That's this is a great so achievement for Well. I
2: am. I just like hit myself in the sternum because I was so moved by that. Like, oh, that's so cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. And no pressure to ever finish it, by the way. <laughs> I, I have friends of many years who are avid readers who haven't read stuff that i've and they'll, they'll go i'm so sorry i'm gonna get your book and i'm like don't it fucking takes a long time i haven't have you watched every stand-up set or tv show of our like successful awesome friends like uh, no
0: yeah, i get i stopped watching that
1: i i really hope he just makes to it to chapter 52 <laughs> which is titled look in the
0: mirror and say i love you Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: oh, i really hope you make was- it there chris
0: Well, I mean, there was another chapter where I mean, you talk about apologizing a lot too, and like my catchphrase is "I'm sorry." Uh, I'm constantly. I mean, I know that was. I feel like that was a lot more for like coming from a woman's side. Like, yeah, but you're
2: half Wisconsin. Like,
0: and like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not like always confident. I'm not. You know, and I do apologize all the time. Like, I'm sorry is my catchphrase. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, we even have a segment at the new segment where I apologize. Oh, no, that segment's dead. Are we done with that segment? I I, I killed it. Everyone hates it.
2: Um, (laughs) Chris, this is so wild because, like, did we – I mean, I know we – we did we ever hang out in New York? Like I know we've like hung out at the same events all the time, and I've seen uh, you around we, we went it.
0: to Christmas together once.
2: Who's was it at? Um, Jackie Zabrowski.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. yes it, that was so um, cool.
0: And I got it was a white elephant gift or uh, gift exchange, and I got a pocket pussy from someone I don't know who.
2: Was that what year uh, was that? It could have been for me because for a couple years I was a host and producer on SiriusXM, so I got free shit all the time. No, that probably wasn't for me, though.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. You wouldn't what, get somebody a pocket, pocket pussy?
1: pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't this, have paid for it. Chris is really depressed lately because of his relationship. I'm not depressed. Or lack I'm of lone. relationships.
0: I'm oh, sorry, lonely. lonely. I, I'm learning that sad it's and lonely are two difference. different feelings. They're very different. I'm not sad at all. I'm very happy. I uh, always
2: thought you were super hot and was like slightly intimidated to talk to you. True story.
1: Well, we're going to bring back. uh, Anybody who thinks Chris is hot should have sex with him.
2: Well, (laughs) we're on Zoom and I feel like we're not going to fuck. But um, no, I always thought you were like super hot. Had no idea how old you were. Uh, I thought you were funny (laughs) and um, probably never communicated that to you. But I'm telling you now. on your podcast.
1: I'm shy. Yeah. Wow. I'm I, I'm getting blushed by this.
2: Are you getting think, a, a boner, Stephen? How's that going well, for you? Is this your <laughs> is this your kink? Is your kink having some chick on a podcast who in uh, northeast LA tells Chris that she thought he was hot?
0: Yeah, I get a <laughs> I get a boner successful. thinking about Chris getting a boner. All right. Hey. Uh. So we can bring back the old segment, uh, compliment corner where. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because we just oh, yeah. did it. Uh, what a good... Uh, that's so nice. I, what a I nice segment. See, I created
1: a uh, compliment corner and Chris killed it after a couple episodes because he hates giving compliments.
2: Uh Wow. I think we should bring it back
0: uh, today. All right, Chris, you well, go first. Uh, I <laughs> also always thought you were hot too, Sarah. Oh, God. <laughs> why
2: I was so drunk for my final few years in New York. <laughs> like, I mean, I was busy... Oh Jesus Christ! Um, I was uh, uh, definitely dating, um, uh, so that would have like caused internal drama. I, and I would never talk to any,
0: and especially at the creek and... or like any of those places. I would never like. I was always just trying to be fun, like you know, mind my own business, be funny, and like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, that, well, Get that drunk. was what the kind of the vibe <laughs> that I got was like yeah. you were. I was very
0: shy. I mean, I still am very shy too.
2: Well, I think that's, so when I I was a shy, anxious little kid, but then I sort of, I I changed with it. Um, But the truth is that I actually am very shy and that's why I drank. So one reason I drank so much during those years. And um, I think that a lot of times shy people get, tagged us stuck up and that was never the vibe I got from you I just was like that guy is that like hot man is very um (laughs) just chill and like I was like he's chill Uh, he's very confident in who he is (laughs) I like invented a backstory that was like because you were quiet and you weren't like doing bits all the time to try and get people to like you I was like oh he must be quietly confident and, um, so I found that intimidating because you weren't always like actively trying <laughs> well, to get love in the room. This is
1: amazing. Well, the truth
0: is, the truth <laughs> is, is uh, there's just not much going up. Than, uh, yeah. And that's that's that. what I was
1: about to say. You, you looked at him, he had a blank stare in his eyes
0: because he's got nothing going on upstairs. <laughs> yeah. It's really, uh, I was just probably like, you know, hanging out too much on the back patio at the Creek. Oh my or God. Around. I
2: was doing that all the time. I was like fucking in, Oh Jesus. That's where me and Chris would hang out and think the other person was hot and not really talk to each yeah, other. That
1: was- wow, you know, I feel like this explains so many interactions in New York City where everyone is just too intimidated by everyone. Meanwhile, everyone just wants to fuck each other, but nobody well, wants to say it. You know, you're you're trying to, like, not ruffle anybody's not feathers. Everyone. I've
0: seen some real... Uh- dumpster fires you know there's <laughs> I, mean, I mean you've been watched two be santa mean, clauses fuck
1: each other behind a dumpster you know. on SantaCon. you have not oh, right.
2: oh no well maybe i wanted to go on a date with chris no. i mean i didn't necessarily oh, want to boy show back
0: him. then you would uh, you could would, still I mean, go we, on a date with chris honestly it's virtual date Speaking oh it's going
1: on match.com movie. says it's a big oh,
0: thing we should talk i mean uh, you want me to hang bit up? Bit you guys left. can just keep going. I just, <laughs> you you I'll can do that, guys, honestly, I'll, for every episode. So. I'll send you guys
1: DoorDash. I'll send you guys dinner. You guys can eat dinner and get drunk and then show each other your genitals. Uh,
2: well, he can get drunk. I can't get
0: yeah. drunk. I'll just be taking okay.
2: screenshots stone-cold sober. Can you smoke like, That's not... No, I thought you could. Uh, yeah, in, they're kind of... Uh, I really thought that I could. And then I, I talked to my sponsor who was like laughing. I was like, no, nah, we don't do that. And I was like, in, and I literally go in California. <laughs> and she started laughing really hard. She's like, yo, that's what I thought. Uh, when I got sober 14 years ago, she's like, "There, that, that's Cali sober, but that's not this program. And it's yeah. totally cool if you want to do that. And I was like, nah, I want to do this program. She was like, okay, well, you know, just, just see what this is like. And if you don't like it, uh, no hard feelings. You can always you can do whatever you want. And I was like true story, and uh, it turns out that I do like the program I'm in, so that's nice. why. But oh. I'm very much a fan of. Um, I think cannabis should be legal across the board.
0: See, I had to stop recently uh, for jo- job purposes, but uh, drinking a lot more because of it. So, yeah,
2: well, it's a real it, intense there's... time. A lot of people and
0: are coming back from that too. Like uh you know working all day and like being in grocery stores too it's like i'm thinking about drinking (laughs) like 11 p.m like it's bad but i'm also up at like 5 a.m so yeah i mean the the stress of the job is really
2: intense like i my job um My day job is centered on the East Coast. So I work from approximately 7 a.m. Pacific to about 2 or 3 p.m. Pacific every day. And when I started the job, I didn't know what the fuck to do and just to keep those hours. And all I had to do was be in my house. But it was so... Just it was so different. The schedule was so different to me because I had been a freelance writer for years. I didn't have a day job when I wrote. Real artists have day jobs. In the book, I say I don't have a day job right now, but I've had a bunch before, and I bet I'll have some in the future. (laughs) And that is true. Um, I was just I got tired though of not having a regular paycheck and you know chasing after. It's if I get a Hollywood deal, my agents chase after the money. But if I'm just writing for some website and they're like, Yeah, yeah, we'll write. We'll give you eight hundred dollars for writing eight hundred words. That's great. But there's nobody to go to bat for me when that editor is like, oops, we can't pay you. So I got sick of shit like that happening. And I was like, I need something steady.
1: But also the difference is when you're 18, you can can chase the money. When you're 48, you don't want to chase the money.
2: Yeah. You're like, "Mm, no, thank you. I I might want to be able to, I want to pay my bills.
0: (laughs) To bring up uh, back to my loneliness...
2: Oh yeah, let's talk about <laughs> your, let's talk about your loneliness.
0: Because you are a I forgot in your intro uh, a sex and relationship expert too. Oh because. my God,
2: no, I'm not. I had Come a I, I I sold books <laughs> off that because I had for two years I had a show on sex or what? Well, first I did um, for two years I was on SiriusXM doing a show called Get In Bed, and then for two years me and Marcus. Parks had a show called Sex and Other Human Activities, and then I moved, and he kept doing the show. I think the show goes on, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jackie was the co host for a while, and I don't know who else is, I don't know what it's doing now, but it was a fun show, and it mostly became about mental health. But because of that, I ended up booking work where they'd be like, come say funny things about sex and love, and I was like, that's fine. Sure. But I have no certification. I don't I'm single. Like what the f- like so I'm a single the, his, sober person. So you,
1: you might as well try to help, Chris, because yeah. you're
0: probably better <laughs> advice than no but than no advice.
2: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Chris, are we are you in therapy?
0: Are I am. Therapy? I have been for two years. Ivana, she's great. Shout have, out.
2: Shout out to Ivana, that's great. I have Kate. Shout out to Kate. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um but I don't think she listens to the pod. She's Kate. She's Kate I hope she doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, she said she listened to like one. She's like, I didn't. You know, I don't think I'm allowed to listen. I would to never
1: it. tell my therapist I was. I had a she had. She about asked. Self-help. I don't know.
0: Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> your we'll therapist see. would that's laugh that's in your idea, face. Steve, we're here to talk about me. It's called independently wealthy. We got to go through my shit. Um, no, I'm just like lonely. I met a girl. Uh, girl, a, a nice lady, a woman.
2: Uh, <laughs> An adult uh, woman. A,
0: So I started seeing a woman before the old pandemic and she uh, left like the first week of quarantine to go back home. And we were like chatting it up and like, whatever we talked about this a couple episodes ago. They had sex before she left. Okay. So
2: you had sexual relations with this um, young adult woman before she left and she left and you guys kept talking
0: for talking for a couple weeks and, uh, and then I uh, like maybe like a month ago, I'm still thinking about it because I'm lonely. I'm, you know, you just come home after work. There's nothing to do. You know, no sports on um, podcasting is all I have. So it sucks. She stopped responding to texts like a month ago. No, it is ghosting. I'll give it a... It's, I mean, there's a pandemic. She left the city. It is technically ghosting. I was informed. No, it's ghosting. Uh, I, was, did you try I this have on a your friend who
2: ghosted.
0: I've, Steve, that's not my, it's not my thing. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> just, just, trying. just like, you know, it was one of those things like where it was, you know, we both seem to have really liked each other from what I could tell. And I know it's like, weird in these you know, difficult times to quote every car commercial right now. Um, but like it's, to, it's a long distance relationship. It's like, pretty much impossible, but the ghosting kind of, well,
2: the ghosting is rude and we can't know. We, we can't I, know why we can't yeah. know. She may have been be going through some stuff on
1: her own. Maybe she died. We can't. Well, no, that's
0: I, true. She could be good. The, and that's the other thing. It's like, come on. Like, you know, there's this, you know, at least, Tell me this is worrying about five. this poor woman. I know.
2: Well, two things. One, she
0: doesn't even look at my Instagram stories, Sarah.
2: Listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> I have.
0: Those are a nightmare, first of all. That's a whole nother subject. you look at mine? I'm
2: fucking looking at mine right now to see if you watch
0: I look at. I look at yours. You better
2: fucking look at them. I,
0: anyway. I mean, I was driving today.
1: Well, uh, well, well. Chris, I'll did guess. you ever think that maybe this woman was using you for your hot, sexy body, as Sarah said? I mean, maybe did she I call it sexy body? Did
0: well,
1: I now say that, that? Now that, now that she can't have it, Stephen not I saw it, but I didn't say it. <laughs> she's she's only in it for this. your for your rock hard abs, Chris. She's not in it for your fucking conversation, as neither of us are.
0: So I just want to know that she's alive. You know, I've done it. I've done the mutual ghost too, like where we've both like it's like yeah, we're just gonna go our separate ways. Like that's a
2: consensual ghost. Yeah, that's fine. yeah,
0: that's totally fine. But like this one, when you're just I don't know and like to talk two weeks like after like you left and like and not just like five minutes like talking like you know a couple hours on the phone a FaceTime here like you know uh, Chris you could yeah. always be
1: honest and just text her and say hey I hurt my feelings that you know you disappeared on well, me. Well hopefully
0: she listens to the pod with Sarah Benincasa and
2: well I think <laughs> you shouldn't I think you should respect the boundary this person you know, it,
0: right now was- it's weird too like it's uh she- doesn't she like, doesn't you don't know, know what someone's to going through and like that's true uh, she doesn't um, have the tools yeah. it's not like a, we're not in a normal fucking situation you know this isn't a normal situation mm-hmm. so like
2: people act but, funny people act weird yeah.
0: it's the, and that's heads, the one
1: thing that comes back what are you gonna do if she if she hits you up and says hey
0: chris let's re-engage what are you gonna say well uh that is a conversation i think <laughs> i will have with her off the podcast
1: <laughs> i don't know like
0: <laughs> Because it's just like corny shit that I like. I don't know. Like I would have to, it, whatever. It's hypothetical, Stephen. Like, we, don't oh, even word, we, lost we for words. Lost you know, surprise. All, we don't know if things are going to ever be normal again. How about that? Like we also.
2: It's also you learn a lot about people when they're under pressure. They show you. They do show you who you really who they really are. Yeah, now, that is not to say that like, absolutely, and the, that's not to say that these are not unusual circumstances. They are, and that's why it's important to look at what people do now and what they do after. Because if somebody ghosts you, when I look at friends who don't check in at all, real friends, you know, people who, like Chris, you had a real connection with this person. So when I look at so many people with whom I had a real connection and I see they haven't checked in, I go, ooh, are they okay? And then I check in. And if I don't hear back, what I've realized is I got to let it lie. I got to respect that because some people do not have the words to say, I am scared. I I am I I don't want to talk to you. I don't like you like that. I do like you, and it terrifies me. Like you got to let them have their experience, and also we have to give people a chance to miss us because if we're always checking in, they don't get the chance to feel the absence of us. And absence does make the heart grow fonder. So one or the other, you know, you'll see if she comes back around. You'll see how you
1: feel. Yeah, I think yeah. she makes a good. I think I think it's a good point. I because think that's it. Uh, I mean, here's the thing: if both people don't have the re- the same tools in the tool toolbox, there's never gonna they're never gonna be on an equal playing field. If one person has them but the other person doesn't, the other person shouldn't be in the relationship. shouldn't try uh, to be in a relationship. I, the toolbox. I, is I mean, there's a whole
0: yin and a yang. Get your toolbox out of here. There's a whole yin and a yang thing going on too that you. Can I, I like Sarah's pasta maker on the edge of her counter. I can see.
2: Oh my sweet Italian boy, tools, right baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like a.
2: Mike Racine probably would would appreciate that uh, the pasta maker thing because that dude, what a sauce that kid! He
0: didn't is. even plug his shit. He didn't even plug his sauce on the podcast. His I don't sauce know if he's is so bacon. good. I've had it. I've what had it. it
2: it's the best. I mean, what great! This is
0: grandmother's, I believe, right?
2: What I, I don't even know what a talented gentleman. But <laughs> but Chris, you know, like you're an awesome person, and if somebody, hey, thank you, Compliment the corner, Compliment corner, and if. <laughs> If somebody just doesn't want your kind of awesome right now, that's all right.
0: It's fine. Like, it's just, you know, it's weird and it's bad timing and you know, what are you going to do?
2: <laughs> it's a perfect storm. And a lot of like, there are, you know, you, you can't like, it's so weird that anybody ever falls in love and that it works. <laughs> Cause it's, you have the timing has to be right. The chemicals have to be right. My my history has to mesh appropriately with your history. Like there's so much other stuff. It's it's some kind of weird alchemical situation. Fucking it's easy, but falling in love is very, very difficult and
1: weird. It
0: fucking's easy. I, mean, easy. I was gonna say
1: fucking can be pretty get hard a, sometimes.
0: Yeah. Uh well, I a mean, woman. Watch I not It is it's not it's not uh it does not look easy at all.
2: I did I yeah I mean if you've ever had a sex injury that's accurate. Uh it's a,
0: as uh, I said
2: as I, I say as I stare into the middle distance recalling throwing out, um, throwing out my neck 3 years ago, Jesus Christ.
0: That sounds fun.
2: Listen, um, I mean the girl's name was Fucky Charms um and cuz she was her Irish. Instagram handle. No, she's Irish from Ireland so I called her Fucky Charms behind her oh, okay. back. Okay. And uh <laughs> I was still drinking at that time and uh, I approached the situation with my customary enthusiasm. I forgot about ergonomics and ergonomics are key. And there you go. You know,
0: Um, I think this episode, I I haven't gotten great advice in a while uh, on a podcast uh, I I can't even like last time we just got drunk with your friend, Steve. I mean, this is, yeah. I, and honestly, like talking to you has made me feel uh, much better about everything. And like you get, you do give great advice and uh, everyone should definitely uh, check out your books. Your Finish your the book, Chris. I'd love to know. Podcast. We got to follow up. Uh, I'm going to go back to reading it as, as soon as we're done. Zoom in here.
1: Thank no, no, no. What's going to happen do do is the- I'm going to hang up and you guys are going to go on your date.
2: <laughs> do you feel deeply disconcerted that i was just like chris i thought you were hot let's talk about your feelings chris how are you feeling about that
0: um i'm you know just like a lot of nerves with what's going on with <laughs> <laughs> uh, um you mean like in general or like right now or like
2: right now let's do a check-in steven i want you to check in too let's all check in how are we feeling right now
1: i feeling uh, great i love that you i love that you think chris is hot
0: <laughs> uh I, no, she said she thought i was hot i don't know if i still don't think you're hot. hot i don't uh, why would yeah. i say
2: yes to your podcast <laughs> if i only do the podcast <laughs> of hot people
0: no, but, uh, no, when you asked
2: me to do your podcast i was like there was a party that was like hell yeah and then i was like oh wait i'm in california and on zoom okay
0: by the
1: way, we York. do that at my we do it at my apartment usually, so you don't want me to leave my apartment, I guess, after
0: that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: uh, let's see. I I am very uh thankful that you came on here and I'm very happy uh to talk to you. It made me feel better. Oh, uh, good. You know, we don't get to fucking see anyone uh anybody anymore, so you know. This yeah, is kinda, this is awesome. Not to be corny and And how are you feeling, Sarah? Yeah, and how are you feeling?
2: I feel really good. (laughs) I'm like, what? Chris thought I was cute too? Get out of here. I feel great. Steven, you're adorable.
0: He's Um,
1: all right. Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that.
2: You're welcome. I feel good. This is so nice because I feel like I get to actually hang out with you guys right now, even though, of course, we're talking through screens. And hopefully, people who are listening feel. Maybe they were related to something. I mean, I've been in the place where I'm, I missed somebody who ghosted and I was like, what the fuck? Or I just missed hanging out with friends. Someone's listening to a podcast oh where God. people are talking like friends makes me feel better because I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm at a I hang remember time. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very – it's so weird. Uh, well, I'll be – I'm sure, you guys, that I will be back in – new york like mm-hmm. as soon as possible my family's in jersey i'm usually back in jersey like seven or six times a year which is crazy
0: uh S- sarah plug, uh, plug uh, all your stuff your podcast and oh
2: yeah my, and, my uh, podcast we can find you. i could have you on my podcast oh, you, oh <laughs> yeah
1: chris should definitely be on your podcast
2: yeah <laughs> It's called we can talk chips. We could talk about <laughs> chips. Um, so my podcast is called "Well, This Isn't Normal," and it's on all the pod places. And I've interviewed people like um, Thomas Lennon from the state and Kevin oh, Allison from God. the state. We got to get through the whole I state. Love and those guys. Ashley Nicole Black and Roxanne Gay and Stephen Weber and uh, lots of people. Alex Winter, who's wonderful. Um, John Crier. Uh, a lot of. Uh, Sharon Salzberg, who's a meditation teacher, Chuck Wendig, who's a best-selling sci-fi author. Like, it's not just, it, it's really not a comedy podcast. Yeah. It's in the health, I think, and self-help category. So is ours.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: where you can go, it's talk, nice. talk
0: about my problems.
2: This is also nice because your podcast has been so lovely, you guys, because um, it, we didn't have to just be funny the whole time. And I appreciate that. We could talk about real I, shit. Well, yeah.
1: Steve I tell Chris all the time. This actually I mean, isn't it funny. Jumps. This podcast isn't it, funny at all.
2: <laughs> and that's what's great about it. There's there's so many. You don't always have to go for the bit. Like, it's okay to talk about heartbreak and, and vulnerability and all that jazz. All that stuff.
0: Well, that's what my whole act is about, is heartbreak. And <laughs> uh sadness but uh so and uh where we can find where can uh everybody oh can.
2: i'm at sarah j ben and casa on twitter and on instagram and i'm also at well this isn't normal on instagram and uh i have some books out the real oh, yeah. artists have day jobs would probably be the most relevant one it does make a good gift for the new college graduate in your life
0: and <laughs> i'm reading with it a toilet. It's yeah.
2: Anybody with the toilet or you read it in the bathtub and I'm so happy that Chris is reading it. Hey,
0: thank you uh, again so much, Sarah, for doing this. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. This was so much fun. And it was
0: very nice to see you. And, uh, um, I'm, I hope you're doing well and, uh, hopefully you'll get to come back here soon. Yeah. Uh, I
2: hope, I hope it would be great if it was like this summer, it would be rad. I love, brooklyn in the summer is just yeah. and this summer if people can't like i don't know i'm going
0: now no matter what i don't care anymore <laughs> i'm already out there i'll wear a mask you're I'll a chip go daddy walk around i can avoid the virus i can bob and weave and <laughs> you can like sports. dip between
2: the raindrops yeah,
0: yeah the droplets um all right uh <laughs> we got to. right uh but uh you could follow Me, at Chris Wealthy on everything, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm tweeting again, Steven. I'm hot out there on Twitter. Uh, I got three tweets this week. Haven't tweeted in five years. Uh, But you can also follow Independently Wealthy on Instagram, Facebook, and write us an email at independentlywealthypod at gmail.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And as always, fuck off, Steve.